of Barbecue Central. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. A couple ways to get in touch with me if you want to do it. Phone call, 216 216- Two two zero zero nine six six. Alternatively, you can drop me the written word via email. Here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at BBQCentralShow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQCentralShow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, the third Tuesday of the month, normal guest, you know him as Stephen Reichlin. I'm seeing that too, by the way. I'm going out to YouTube, but I'm not going out to YouTube. That is bizarre in every sense. Weird. Anyway, the third Tuesday of the month, regular guest, a barbecue hall of famer, a cooking class instructor, a TV show host, the list goes on and on, but uh, as I would mentioned just a couple seconds ago, uh, the third Tuesday of the month, normal guest here on this show, that of course is Stephen Reichlin of Barbecue Bible fame. Maybe you used to watch him in the old days on PBS for Barbecue University. Yeah, it's uh, live, local, and late-breaking right here with Stephen Reichland, the third Tuesday of the month, normal guest. Then we will move to 35 past the hour where we will find a new third Tuesday of the month, first-hour guest. Kind of had her lining up here and there, but had a little issue in the beginning. Now we are all set. Some things have worked out. Logistics are on board. And I will welcome the newest third Tuesday of the month regular guest, the creator of GrillGirl.com, Robin Lindars, joins me. And then we'll go to the second hour. And in the second hour... Two new guests. I know you're excited about it. I'm excited about it. The first new guest joins me at 14 past the hour. And I have to ask you this question legitimately. 
when is the last time you thought about duck? Not just for hunting, but I'm talking about preparing it from start to finish, culminating and in going into your mouth. When was the last time you thought about duck? If you're like me, the honest answer is never. Never thought about duck. Not even once. I've never thought to myself, I. here's the shame. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm missing out on that. I don't think about that enough. It's not on my prototypical radar, but I know about it. I'm at least aware of it. It is somewhere on the radar. It's just not right there with beef and chicken and some of the other normalish proteins. Duck is not there. It is not even in the back of my mind, let alone the middle or the front or the top. It's just not. But hopefully we will introduce you to somebody 14 past the second hour that will put duck on the top of your head or at least get it back on the radar as an opportunity of a new protein trial. And that is Josh Resnick of DuckChar. DuckChar.com, just like it sounds, if you want to check it out, before he joins me in about an hour and 10 minutes. So looking forward to talking with Josh about how that company got started and what Duck is all about. I'm as green as it comes on Duck, so it's going to be a wide learning process for me, that's for sure. Helping me close the show tonight is something that I've tried before. I know this is going to sound very weird or very, this sounds like something you've done before, but I have to be blatantly honest. It's something that I've really thought about bringing back. I don't know, was it two years ago? I was going to do the barbecue documentary where I was going to be following, it was either once a month or once a quarter, uh, just beginning competition barbecue team, and then one that was kind of in in the middle of the road, and then one that was really going to be doing like 35-plus competitions. I want to say was angling to make team of the year, but was going to put in a number of contests where if they were having a really good year, would probably uh, would probably be right on that team of the year precipice. And we did that first round of interviews, and that was it. That was it. As somebody who developed the concept, picked teams and put it into place, I totally dropped the ball on that. Remember that? Tim Fullbelly Deli was on there. I believe uh, Backdraft Barbecue. There was somebody else I don't even remember. Shame on me. But I totally crapped the bed when it came to that. Never followed up with it again. Realized in October as the year was coming to a close that I totally blew it. But I do have to say, the concept and the the meaning behind it was well-reasoned, well-meant, poorly executed. But I wanted to kind of circle back to it again this year. But we're not doing competition. This time, we're going to do it from a business perspective, although some people would say that competing is a business. You know, one thing that a lot of us eventually get into when we start to really take on the passion of barbecue and grilling is making sauces or rubs. And the guy that's going to be joining me at 35 past the second hour is just starting to get in the sauce business. And I asked him, would you be willing to lay it all on the line from where you're at now? We'll track progress. 
We'll get your successes. We'll get your challenges. We'll get your failures. We'll ask all the tough questions. Really get a individual's insight into how easy and difficult and hard and all that stuff it is when it comes to getting a sauce to market. So we will start that tonight. We will revisit once a quarter, and we'll see how he tracks to the end of the year. Now, of course, all of this rides on my shoulders, making sure that we get it done. So, Dion, I'm also reliant on you to make sure that you hit me back and say, hey, it's our quarterly update because I don't want to lose sight of this, but I do get lost. Hopefully, uh, the Inner Circle team will also remind me to keep quarterly updates here. But it will be first-timer to the show in the Barbecue Central Sauce documentary, Dion Blumenraider. Yeah. He said, you know what? I am ready to fully unload, let you in, answer all the questions, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Maybe it will help somebody down the road as I get to learn. I respect that, and I said, Dion, you're the man. We will do that. So he will help me close the show in his first of what will be a quarterly appearance as we track his progress in the sauce market. Very exciting. So there you have it. 216-220-0966 is your call-in number, Greg, at thebbqcentralshow.com is the email address. Don't forget to follow me socially on Instagram and Twitter at bbqcentralshow or on Facebook slash bbqcentralshow. I'm not sure exactly what the hell is going on with YouTube this time around, but I, while I am showing on XSplit as I am broadcasting out there, it is actually not going out there for some reason, so I'm just killing it now. I'll try it again in a little bit. So you can get me audio through TuneIn if you want, or you can get the live feed on the Facebook as well. I haven't gotten any information that the Facebook feed isn't up. All three are showing as active, though. You can always get the podcast tomorrow and Thursday. I do want to officially announce this. I know you've been waiting for it. The link is just up on Twitter, and I'll be sharing it around as well. The 2019 horse meat t-shirts are up and available on the Amazon. So go ahead and quickly race to Amazon. Put in horse meat 2019. I guarantee it will show up. I'm sure there aren't a buttload of horse meat shirts. I don't know that for sure. I feel pretty good in saying that there's probably not a buttload of Horse Meat 2019 shirts out there. If you're interested, I can also email you a link directly. But for the third year in a row, we are pressing the grassroots movement of Horse Meat as a alternative option as it relates to meat in this country. Still illegal, by the way. Still legal. A lot of hurdles to overcome. A lot of reasons why that might be keeping me out of the Barbecue Hall of Fame, aside from a number of other reasons, but that. But I threw caution to the win again, asked John Solberg to produce the new 2019 logo, which is basically just changing an 8 to a 9. Everything else is the same. All right, Stephen Reichland, when we come up out of the break, let me talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru. You know, they've always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy, Because it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control and greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature 
Let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pitmaster. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. If you have any questions, you call them 800-288-GURU or you visit the website to peruse all the products offerings that they have. That being bbqguru.com. Again, the website bbqguru.com or the number 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. We are back with Stephen Reichland. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. Always trust your butcher. Hey, my first guest seen here the third Tuesday of each month, a 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, a TV show host, barbecue cooking class instructor, multiple-time author. Appears not to be online. What? I mean, I'm, that can't be right. Can't be right. It's got to be there. Uh, multiple time author. Let's go ahead and welcome back our pal, Stephen Reichland. Stephen, how are you, buddy? Not, not there. Weird. From time to time, this, these are things that happen. I'm trying to see, you know, as my continuance of hatred of Skype continues, (laughs) I often wonder, with all of these great updates and whatever else, what is it really helping? I sent him a quick note here and. I think sometimes he has said that he's on Skype and for whatever reason we're not uh, connecting. So I will ask him to call me and we'll see what happens. Of course, we all know, well, well, here it comes. Helping me out. Steven. Hey, great. How are you? Good to you. Uh, happy New Year to you as well. Sorry we missed you last month, and uh, hopefully you had a enjoyable extended holiday and uh, everything is well in the Reichland household. Well, it was a very nice, uh, very nice holiday. Uh, it wasn't actually much of a break because uh, 
here in Reichlandia. I'm self-employed and I have a terrible boss, but uh, nonetheless, it was a good transition. Good. Uh, well, we're happy to have you back here in 2019 and looking forward to a bunch of great monthly visits as we've done here. You know, I was trying to put a number to it. Uh, do, do you recall how many years we've been doing these monthly chats? I mean, has it been over five, six, seven years maybe? Uh, it's got to be four Jeez. or five years anyway. I'm telling you. So yeah. uh, always appreciate the time here. So um, I wanted to ask you a couple quick questions here before we got into uh, some of the other outline items that we had been talking about offline. In the second hour this evening, I'm going to be talking to a guy who has some type of duck meat supply company. And it's specifically, now I'm going to say a name and I'm not missaying it because it's going to sound much like another duck species. You're going to think mallard, but it's not mallard. It's mollard. Okay. What about this duck? I mean, you have way more of an expansive palate than mine. I think we've shown that uh, during the history of our segments together. Uh, I'm assuming you've eaten duck before. So where does that rank on your overall list of things to eat? Well, I love duck. I mean, because duck has a very rich uh, flavor. Uh, the molar that you refer to has a gamey flavor. But, you know, it's sort of if you imagine a steak that takes wing, uh, that's, that's duck. I mean, it's, it's like, um, it's like steak that flies. It's a dark red meat. It's rich. It's sanguine. Um, uh, it's, it's fantastic. And, uh, I don't think many people cook it, uh, but it's great barbecued. Uh, it's great grilled and, you know, let's make this year, the year of the duck. So is there a, a favorite way that you prepare it? Is it both of those? Or if you had to choose one or the other, is, is one going to lead? Well, you know, the duck that you've seen me do on Project Smoke is a perennial favorite. Uh, it's a sort of sweet, salty rub made with uh, salt, sugar, and Chinese five-spice powder. Uh, the duck gets basted with uh, sesame oil, and then it is uh, smoked, uh, slow smoke for about two or three hours. I like to serve my duck medium to medium well, uh, which is breaks the mold of uh, France, you know, where I learned to cook. Um, but, uh, and then it gets a, what I call a pack rim or an Asian, uh, barbecue sauce where you basically use hoisin sauce instead of ketchup. And that recipe is on barbecuebible.com. All right. Um, let me ask you another question here because this is a term that has been thrown around for years. Uh, I've kind of uh, stolen it from you and in conversation with other folks, I use this term smoke roast and I used it with a, a friend of mine the other day and he immediately text back smoke roast question mark and i said don't you know what that means and he said no and i said well this is a term that Stephen reichland i think has coined and been using it for years i steal it from him hence why i'm saying it to you now so let me ask you to define smoke roast so traditional smoking is done low and slow right about 225 degrees it's the essence of true barbecue yep. smoke roasting is done at a higher temperature more like 350 it's what you do on a kettle grill where you set a grill up for indirect grilling uh smoke roasting it's indirect grilling at a high temperature but with with smoke I'll give you an example two nights ago uh, I cooked a chicken. Uh, we spit roasted it, but we smoke roasted at the same time. Handfuls of pimento wood chips on the coals, indirect grilling, cooking temperature about 375 to 400, pretty high actually. You wind up with a dish that has the crackling, crisp skin, moist meat of, um, of roasting, but a smoke flavor. So 
would you say from a, a temperature standpoint, and I've really tried to, to get away from definitive rules and guidelines anymore, sure. especially here this year. But, I mean, uh, typically when I'm saying smoke roast, I'm thinking right within that range you said to 375 to 400. But uh, and, and I'll do that on a pellet cooker, obviously, because it's generating wood smoke sure. uh, just because it's burning wood pellets. Sure. Uh, I would For me, that magical temperature zone is uh, 350 to 400. Let's transition now to smoke, but something colder and with cheese, which, is, by the way, is keto-friendly. A cold-smoking cheese is something that I have talked about. I've never done it. I've talked about people, or I've talked about it to people, and said, hey, here's a contraption you might want to think about, uh, this and that. But what do you know about cold-smoking cheese, and, and do you like to do it? Well, if you actually look at today's blog on barbecuebible.com, that is the subject of the blog written by my incredible assistant, mm. Nancy Lowski. And uh, it, it's smoked cheese, you know, smoked cheese, I call smoke the umami of barbecue. You know, it just makes every food taste better. And when you think about cheese, if you were to hot smoke it, you would melt it. So cold smoking is sort of required de rigueur in order to keep it from melting. Every smeak, every imaginable cheese tastes better smoked. I mean, mozzarella, which I like to smoke with hay, cheddar cheese, which I like to smoke with hickory. Um, you can smoke provolone. You can smoke uh, smoke Swiss-style cheeses, Gruyere. The whole key is to keep the temperature really low. Now, if you've got a smoker that where you can actually set it up for cold smoking, meaning the heat source is here, and the let's figure out how the hands go there. Uh, the smoke chamber is there, like Bradley, for example, mm -hmm. sells a cold smoking attachment. Or if you have a smokehouse, you can do this. Or if you're working, let's say, on a, um, a Weber Smoky Mountain, you put your cheese on a rack over a bowl of ice. That'll keep the chamber cool. And then that's another way to cold smoke. There are devices like the uh, Amazing Smoker uh, where you line it with chips or pellets. But the whole idea is you want to keep the cheese cold while you smoke it so it doesn't melt. Not to ask it, but by, by, by the way, if I yeah. may, in uh, my book, Project Smoke, there's a really cool technique from uh, Central Italy. It's called hay smoking, where you put cheese in any kind of smoker, uh, mozzarella usually, could even, be, uh, could even be a kettle grill or a smoky mountain. A big handful of hay or straw in the bottom, you light it, the straw catches fire and burns out within two minutes. So you don't really have enough time to catch heat. You get a great flavorful patina of smoke on the outside of the cheese. So that kind of leads right into the, the, the last part of this question that I was going to ask. When you are cold smoking, is there a different flavor to the smoke than if you would be running at a 225 to even you know 350 where I don't know if it's a perceived cleaner burn or if it is a cleaner burn – is there a smoke taste difference? Well, that's an interesting question. And there is a smoke taste difference. Um, it's, uh, I mean, in a funny way, it's cleaner. But I think another kind of important point is that the food is not cooked. So often when we smoke, we're both smoking and cooking at the same time. You're getting chemical uh, interaction between the meat and the smoke. In this case, you're really laying a patina of smoke on the, uh, on the cheese. Anyway, check out Nancy's story. It's uh, it's very well done. All right, barbecuebible.com is the place to go to check out that story. By the way, Nancy, a local right here in Cleveland. Happy to have her. Thank you. Uh, you know, this time of year, Stephen, everybody likes to take stock of the year that has passed, 2018. Of course, 
beginning of the year, we always like to have you give your predictions and trends and all that stuff. So before we get into this year's look ahead, let's take a look back and talk about some of the things that you saw that trended the way you thought, or maybe they ramped up, fizzled out, or things that maybe took you by surprise. How did 2018 look in review? Well, I think most of my predictions came true. I mean, Fusion Q was one of them. I think we've certainly seen kind of a fusion of East and West uh, in our barbecue. Philanthropy was another one where I talked about people doing uh, barbecue as fundraisers and to help people. Uh, that is certainly epitomized by uh, Operation Barbecue, a great organization. Uh, I uh, predicted we'd be cook- grilling more pork shoulder steaks. I think we saw that. Uh, more fiery dips like that. I did that piece on uh, Monroe County Barbecue for uh, the New York Times. Uh, I think one that I predicted that maybe hasn't happened yet, I predicted that veal would really kind of uh, blast off. And um, I think veal is still uh, very underappreciated, undereaten, but it's a terrific meat. You know, I have seen in my Giant Eagle grocery store, which is, you know, whatever version, uh, maybe you're used to Price Chopper or Publix, maybe down in Florida or whatever, uh, but that's our version of whatever you're used to. There is a noticeable increase. In veal in the meat case, which was not there a year ago, and in, in a well, bunch of different ways. So, so my prediction was right. Yeah. Perhaps I even had uh, influence on it. Uh, Strauss Meats uh, does a terrific grass-fed veal. Um, veal is a wonderful meat. You know, it's um, it's 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 a lighter in flavor so uh, than beef. So it really picks up smoke flavors, fire flavors, spice flavors. I'm glad to hear that. All right. So let me quickly ask you this. This isn't something that I had particularly thought about asking you, but as I had mentioned, my palate is very narrow in its experience. I've had veal parmigiana, but I've not had veal otherwise. So is there a, a cut that I should go for immediately, and how should I cook it? Yes, Greg, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to that grocery store. Yep. I want you to buy yourself a nice two-finger thick veal chop. All right. I want you to season it simply with coarse salt, freshly ground black pepper, chopped rosemary, a little lemon juice, and extra virgin olive oil. Mm -hmm. And I want you to grill it over a wood fire. And barring a wood fire, throw some wood chips on your charcoal grill or place a couple chunks of wood between the flavorizer bars of your gas grill. And grill it until the outside is just seared and crust the inside, little blush of pink inside, drizzle of extra virgin olive oil Mm. on top of it. I want you to do that, then I want you to call me on my personal private (laughs) cell phone number, which you have, and tell me what you think. All right, well, I am uh, now challenged. I will come through, no doubt about it. I I mean, a a beefy resemblance or a flavor all of its own? Flavor all of its own. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, Any other trends that uh, you saw come through or uh, I guess your, your general 2018 barbecue year from start to finish? Well, I had a fantastic year in barbecue. In fact, uh, that was my uh, that was my January second blog was my year in barbecue. And man, for me, it started at Camp Brisket uh, down at College Station, and uh, eventually Camp Brisket. Uh, well, that 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 was kind of the first step of research for my new book, The Brisket Chronicles, mm-hmm. which is coming out. Uh, February, let's say I was working hard and heavy on the Brisket Chronicles. March, they uh, launched that Stephen Reichland Grills Italy show, uh, which was uh, really fabulous. Uh, 
April. I don't remember what I did in uh, April, but May I was back at Barbecue University. Uh, June I was on tour for Project Fire. Uh, July we did the photo session for um, for uh, the Brisket Chronicles book. August uh, that was my month. Uh, well, not my month. My few days off in <laughs> August, but uh, we did a great. We always do this. Uh, annual beach barbecue in Chappaquiddick and Martha's Vineyard with some friends. So that was really fun. Yeah, it was a very, very busy year for me. You know, I, I go through the listings of stuff that you go through, you know, month by month to hit the highlight. Noticeably absent appearing on this show every month. What the hell? Uh, well, what the, what's a brother um, got to do to get a shout out? I stand corrected, and I promise. Next year, next year's uh, predictions, trends. It's going to be the monthly appearance on this show. All right, so let's go. You do such a great job with the show. I, you know, I would think it's self-evident. Yes, well, you know, ball busting is my specialty, so why not dole it out when I can? Uh, Twenty nineteen barbecue prediction. Since we're uh, starting to get into this year, what? What do you think is going to take us by surprise? And also, maybe, what did you see trending up at the end of the year that you really think is going to hit its stride into this year? Okay, great question. Well, I mean, for me, this is the year of the brisket with the new book coming out. And I saw three brisket trends. So one was uh, brisket in places you never expect it. So you expect to find it in Texas and Kansas City. Great brisket in... uh, Brooklyn, great brisket in Chicago, great brisket in Portland, Oregon. Even in Paris, I had some great brisket. So I think brisket has gone global. Brisket 24-7. I'm thinking of uh, the breakfast uh, brisket tacos at Valentina's in uh, Austin. Uh, Brisket uh, noodle soup. That's kind of fusion brisket also in Austin. Even brisket chocolate chip cookies in Austin. So all those are going to be in the brisket book. Uh, Another thing that I saw that uh, I'm kind of excited about, it's, uh, you know, brisket sort of low and slow and the commitment of a half day is the mantra. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, found a restaurant in New York and another one in Los Angeles, Korean restaurants, where they cook brisket in exactly one minute per side. And uh, I have disclosed the secret to doing this, wow. uh, but it's a really fantastic way to eat brisket. Some other trends, kind of speaking about Korea, I think we're still going to see a lot of Asian influence. You know, one of my trends was uh, sriracha is the new ketchup and gojujang is the new chili sauce. Sriracha, that hot sauce originally from Thailand, uh, you know, it's everywhere now. And gojujang is a chili paste from Korea. It's made with uh, chilies and soybeans and uh, sticky rice. And it's just fantastic slathered on meats. Uh, whipped into mayonnaise. In fact, in the Brisket Chronicle, there's a uh, a Texas-style brisket that's slathered with uh, gojujang before smoking. Hmm. Do you think that, uh, you know, I saw probably middle of the year quite a rise in this fascination with dry-aged beef uh, rolled right through the end of the year. I mean, is this something that you think is going to start to trend down? I mean, I talked to Pat Lafrida maybe a month ago, and he said, 75% of his entire meat sales is devoted to dry-aged beef. I mean, and the amount of these dry-aging at one time is mind-boggling. Do you think it's something that will continue to trend up, or has it kind of hit its stride and will trend down? I think it will absolutely continue to trend up, as will wide-you beef. Uh, oh. and, I think, and I think what's happened, you know, is sort of, 
on some level, um, beef steak is a commodity, and so anybody that would kind of with ambition and um, perseverance is going to want to find a way to distinguish their steak from the mass. And how do you do that? One, you do it by dry aging. Two, uh, you do it by the breed of cattle, and this Wagyu has incredible marbling. And sometimes you'll see pictures of a Wagyu steak, and it looks like somebody laid a white lace table, uh, white piece of lace over a red tablecloth. Um, I think you'll s continue to see uh, special cuts, little-known cuts, Spinellus. Uh, you'll see that. You'll see culotte. You'll see baseball steaks. Um, anything to differentiate from the mass. By the way, grass-fed steak is going to be a big thing. I also think that, you know, this adage, I've been saying this for years, but where your food comes from matters as much as how you grill or smoke it. Uh, pedigree, you know, we'll have this yin-yang from the appeal of industrial meat because of the price versus the sort of purity, the sanity, the health, um, and the, the just morality and good vibes of grass-fed beef of humanely raised animals. If you want to get the rest of the 2019 predictions, you go over to barbecuebible.com. If you want to see them here on this show, just tune in the third Tuesday of every month. It is Stephen Reichlin in his usual spot. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks a lot. Great job. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. There he is, Stephen Reichlin. Doing it and doing it well. All guests appear via the Trailer Grills cool hotline. I know why the hell we didn't connect right off the bat. It's very troubling. I hate that. Why didn't we connect right off the bat? Of course that's going to bother me to no end. Now we got to set up Robin. I don't know how that's going to work out. Our pets had to fall it off. That's the right one. In the meantime, let me talk to you about Traeger Grills. You know, I was talking with Steven about pellet cookers and wood smoke. Behind every great meal is a great grill. We know that. But it's not just any grill, a Traeger grill. The Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue like a pro, no matter what your level. Thanks to the incredible wood-fired taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor until you're cooking with it. Traeger grills use all-natural hardwood pellets as fuel. So you're literally cooking with flavor from low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie. Traegers can handle it all, and the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check on your cooks, kick up the temperature, and set custom cook cycles anytime, anywhere, all right from your phone on the Traeger Grill app. You can find one at your local Traeger dealer if they have them in stock. I'm talking about the Timberline. Or check them out online, TraegerGrills.com. Want to beef up that barbecue game of yours? Yeah, you do. Traeger Shop Class is going coast-to-coast, coast, bringing barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go. Taught by professional pitmasters like Danielle Bennett, DivaQ, Doug Shiding, Matt Pittman, Chad Ward, just to name a few. You can get all the skills you need to reach your barbecue glory. You find a shop class near you by signing up today at TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. That's TraegerGrills.com slash shop class and what i was meaning i have it on pretty good authority that the traeger timberline is currently sold out uh -oh. right so if you order one a little caveat emptor there might be a little wait time i might know what i'm talking about on that uh -oh. 
Pro line is really good. Probably no weight on that. Timber line, probably going to be a weight. Sold out. They're killing it. All right. The Grill Girl, Robin Lindar, is when we come back. Stick around. We'll be right here. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right. Welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. I was just talking to you about a pellet cooker before. You can use cooking pellets right in your Traeger. Nice, right? C-O-O-K-I-N pellets.com. Cookinpellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. If you don't like cookingpellets.com to shop from, go to Amazon.com. They will do that, too. Yeah, we're having an issue. I can tell you that. Now I got to get on the horn. Make sure that Robin calls me. Call me on Skype. Not sure what the hell is going on here, but am I on? I mean... I have the green circle. John Dawson weighing in. Subject line, wild duck is nasty. Enough said, it bears almost no resemblance to farmed restaurant duck. Hmm. Well, that might be a damn good question to ask duck char when they come on. Are they picking these ducks out of the sky? What do you do? What do you use to hunt duck? Is that... uh, uh, whatchamacallit? I tell you who we should, uh, we should ask, um, Robin because her husband, I think, is like deep in the duck anymore. Oh, here we go. Hi. Hey, Robin. How are you? Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Oh. I hate oh, Skype God. so much. I hate it. It's the worst. Well, I, I guess I was being a little retarded because I, oh, you know. Oh, wait a second. You can't say that. Right. Say mental. Mental. Good. Excuse me. Oh, man. Man, you're going to alienate half my audience. That's what everyone says. No way. It's, it's totally disrespectful. What are you talking about, Robin? Uh, but Lord. let's talk about Skype and how annoying they are. They just asked. They said my, my location and my, my device <laughs> location needed me to give their my birthday. And then I had to do really? a confirmation on my phone birthday? and email what? after resetting my password. So oh. I'm sorry I'm late again. Wow, I thought it was my I thought it was my fault because Stephen Reichland and I weren't being able to connect right to each other. Uh, so I always figure it's on my side. But nevertheless, let me yeah. quickly ask you a question. Hi. Um, and did you see the cute dog behind me? Let's see. I have some a cute. There's some cute dog action right behind. Let's see. You might. Anyway, there hey, you go. Hey, there you hi, go. Remy says hi. Yeah, he he seems very <laughs> enthralled with the whole conversation. Hopefully, He's I'm not. I'm putting him right to bed. Um, what is uh what is uh, Scott the Hunter? used to take down ducks what kind of load i have no idea i honestly have no idea he just has like guns pellets everywhere and i have no uh no he uses a shotgun i think oh well like little pieces of metal they're like little yeah they're like yeah. little pellets little bbs all right so he's, he's yeah. using some kind of bird shot or something to take those ducks down all right Uh-oh. yeah 
I just asked him about the Moulard that you were talking about. And not, I did he say Mallard? Did he no, say? Did he, he mean? Said, he knew no, what I was talking about. He hadn't about. heard of it either, so I oh, gotta get. Okay. I gotta get on the Google. Well, he's gonna be. <laughs> so he's probably gonna be tuning in in about forty minutes to hear about all about the Moulard duck, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. bet. New fan. New fan. Um, yeah. Let's quickly talk I'm about. I've the, tried all kinds of weird ducks, so I'm excited to hear about theirs. Weird duck, great. Um, <laughs> let's quickly talk about the amazing tube, smoke tubes, because I've had a few centralites ask me about. Should I get one or I have this kind of a cooker and I, I've heard other people have them or I, they're, maybe they've clicked on them one time or they did one search through Amazon and now in all the little pre-fills it's showing up every single time and now they're it's in their face and they're wondering if this is worth the money and I said, you know, I have one. I've really never used it but I think Robin actually has one so when she's on the yeah. next time I'll ask her about it. So talk to me about your experience and QPR and overall value of Mason Tube. I, you know, I actually think it's really cool. And I, I bought it um, hesitantly, uh, but mm. I was trying to smoke uh, some salt to give away as like Christmas gifts last year um, in 2017. And I was using my pellet smoker and I just felt like I couldn't get the salt smoky enough as you would expect it to be. Like I like to buy smoked salt from uh, bourbon barrel foods and I couldn't get mine as um, smoky as theirs. And I talked to Jason Baker at Green Mountain Grills, yeah. and he said, did you use a smoker tube? And I was like, no, what's that? <laughs> and so, um, yeah. And so then when I was working on my project um, this past year that will be coming out, I can't wait to tell you guys what it is and give you more details. But I uh, developed a recipe for smoked salt and pepper, and I used a smoker tube for it because you have to use a smoker tube in order to infuse the smoke for certain things, right? And so I think they're cool. I mean, gosh, what are they? They're less than 20 bucks. Um, um, yeah, and the thing is, too, is it's like, I think what's the nice value add is that if you have a gas grill, you can easily add smoke that you would never otherwise get by just throwing a smoke or tube on there. So you really have, like, the best of both worlds, like, quick and easy of gas if you're doing like a quick weeknight grill and you're mm -hmm. just like, oh crap, I'm in a hurry. But it's going to be so much better if you can add a little smoke to it, right? So um, I think they're a great value and add a lot to the overall taste. And um, yeah, I put them in my gift guide last year. Oh. So I, I'm a fan. Okay. Um, one of the main things that we wanted to talk about, and I appreciate your thoughts on that. I'm sure the other dudes that were asking me will now Probably yeah. race out and buy them, getting the grill grill seal of approval. The Steak Cook-Off Association, this is something you're going to be doing here, at, uh, I mean, what is it, end of the month it looks like? Yeah, I'm really stoked. Um, January 25th, it was my dad's idea to do it. So we have paired up with um, Jeff uh, Solero, if you know him, and uh, he's with Texas Holy, Holy, wait a second. Texas Holy Roller Smokers? I think I'm messing that up. I'm a little, by the end of the day, I just have to say I'm a little brain dead. I think it's just hashtag mom life. Um, but anyway, so uh, me, dad, and Jeff are pairing up. So Jeff is the guy that's helping the shed out a lot with their sponsorship. So he brought it up to us, mm. and um, we're like, let's do it. And, you know, I've always, I've done Memphis in May, and yep. I've done a few, like, um, I've judged some FBA things here and there. No, actually, no, I've taken the class. 
Uh, but I have never done anything SCA and I'm really stoked because it's really more my style because I freaking love steak and um, I'm more into grilling. I, I like the hot and fast. Um, I'm, I have, I have less patience than some, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm stoked. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And plus I've never visited the shed before and those guys are like my family. So just to go hang out at their restaurant and see what it's like behind the scenes is going to be super cool. Yeah. So that's going to be January 25th. So what are you doing preparation wise to make sure that, I mean, look, the, uh, the SCA or steak cook off. How do I want to write, say this right? The the competition steak scene as a whole has really exploded. SCA is obviously at the top at the moment, but there's two or three other different steak sanctioning bodies that are out there now. One's based here in Columbus, Ohio, believe it or not. So it's really? something that oh yeah, so it's something that is really growing across the country, as you said. Great access, ease of access, uh, something that everybody can do. What are you doing for prep? And I know I have some pictures that I could be uh, flashing up here while you narrate yeah so um you know i think i think the the way to success is to copy others who have been successful right so um i don't know i mean isn't that just the easy way out isn't that what's happened to competition barbecue like everybody's copying everybody and that's why everybody hates it now well yes and no i think i think barbecue just got to be like so too much of everything and it's you know not everyone can afford to spend that much money and that much time it's a major time and cost investment to do competition barbecue forget investment it's just a straight up expense yeah and i just don't i think that the the steak cook-off really brings people back to more of what they love which is cooking in their backyard and being behind a grill and a fire without all that other pomp and circumstance and um, the barrier of entry to have these big, large sponsorships and to be a caterer and to have this big ass like van or truck or whatever, just to even get into the scene, you know, and I feel like it just, it's, it's nice. I think it's like kind of like, like the kettle grill is the democratization of grill, which I've always said, because it really, I feel like puts everyone on on a level playing field. I feel like the SCA is kind of like that. And um, I'm excited to participate in my first one. And I mean, you know, Greg, anytime people start getting in a competition, there's stuff that's going to happen and people are going to start being like, oh, this guy does this and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, but you do have to learn from those who have been successful. So, you know, like John Dawson told me about, and now I'm drawing a blank, um, the guy from Cosmos Q one in, I think it was 2000 in or 15 and 16. And so dad and I have been watching his videos, Malcolm Reed, of course. Um, and you know, of course a lot of these guys have won and then their videos, they plug their rub and good for them. That's a great reason to do it, but it doesn't mean you have to use a rub. So like what dad and I did, we just cooked steaks all day this Sunday and we just did a lot of, um, preparation and, uh, there's me and dad, um, and, I mean, what a fun day, right? Me yeah, and Dad it's practicing great. in the backyard. Right. And by the way, Scott shout the out to Eddie Medlin. Love that guy. Shout out. We love Eddie. And you know what? We didn't even get shit faced that day because he <laughs> hung over. And I mean, he whoops, he came over and he was hung over, and so was I. Wow. Um, we were both. It was just we hadn't been together. We just happened to have just you know sometimes it just sneaks up on you. It's in the blood. And, 
<laughs> yeah, it is, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of it is like you really just have to be methodical and you got to time it. You know what I mean? And you cannot overcook your steak and right. you really have to have the temperature correct. So you've got to be like at least at 500 degrees or over to get the char marks and um, to cook it hot and fast. And yeah, you've got to check the temperature because, you know, most grills, anything you use, what the temperature says on the grill itself is going to be different than what's on those grates. Mm -hmm. So you've got to just be really methodical, really precise, and you time things. And so for us, hey, there's me. Check out the faux grass in the back. That I, that was like a big project of mine last year <laughs> in my backyard. Is there grass the faux, back there? I don't see any grass. It's faux boxwood that ah, I covered uh, the it. wall with. Nice. And it, it's a great way. You can order that stuff on Amazon. Anyway, and it's also about cutting the meat correctly. Um, and as you've probably heard, so there, it's always ribeyes and yep. you yep. want to pick a steak with a good, um, spinalis or like, a, um, the cap, the ribeye cap, yep. um, which is like what you're looking for. So, um, and you want to cut the extra fat off and you want it to just look obviously nice and presentable. And I guess, you know, consistent, um, or just, you know, you don't want any little pieces falling, you know, kind of hanging off, you know, you just need to present them with a good, um, well-cut piece of meat, but also you don't want them to bite into it and get a big piece of fat right. first thing too. So a lot of the, a lot of the, the guys are saying, you know, at like five fifty, you're going to do like two minutes, one side flip, two minutes, one side flip. And when you're flipping, you're working to get your, your hatch marks and then you do it on the other side. Um, and then, then, you know, the second set, you're going to base with butter and, um, test and, you know, bleh, probe it with a thermopen. And if you've reached 129, you need to move that baby off because oh. you've got to be at the perfect medium. And mm. then, you know, some people say rest seven minutes. Some people say rest 10. Everybody's got their things, but you just, you know, the thing is you just can't goof off and be posting on Instagram and not be <laughs> timing that stuff or you will overcook your sick. Yeah, no <laughs> so, doubt. <laughs> so that's what it's all about. So I hope I didn't give all my secrets away. So if I'm competing against you guys, but I don't think you have to, uh, I've, I've never competed, so I don't know if there's secrets. It's just called internet research. So there you go. But, um, uh, you know, I think you don't have to have a rub. I mean, for me, why would you use a rub on something like steak when it's all about the steak? Um, this is not barbecue. So I see people using rubs, but I don't know if that's what needs to be done. Are you not, you're not going to use a rub? No, I am like a non. Oh, like, forget it. You guys see me? No, well, like, listen. You're lose, here's Robin. Like, what are you doing? If you are an accomplished cook, you don't need to buy someone's rub. You should be able to make your own rub. Yeah, but like, Robin, don't you understand what's happening here? It's it's what the judges are trained to expect. I mean, I understand. I fully understand what you're saying, and I am in your corner 100. percent But I mean, if if all these guys are making money selling their rubs, do you think they're not putting their rubs on the steaks, turning it in for contests? If you don't put a rub on that steak, Robin, you're going to be really sorry. I think. Well, you're going to rub it with something, but it doesn't need to be a store-bought rub or from someone else. You need to figure that stuff out on your own. I mean, well, God bless it's you. a good steak. You've got to have good salt, good pepper, but you don't want to overpower it. It should be about the steak. Think about Dr. Barbecue. Like, if you read all his books and hear him, he's like, 
It's about the meat, not the, the stuff that goes on the meat. That's to enhance the flavor, not to cover it up. That's my opinion. Okay. I'm sticking to it. But so, um, I know you had a question about grill grates and, and all of that, too. And, you know, to your point about, like, yes, it's getting into a thing. Everybody's doing the same thing. Now it's getting kind of, like, standardized. Well, and I now, get hold it. on a second. Like about let, let, let me ask this question a different way now since you were able to visualize it first and prepare an answer. Do you feel if you went to the shed and you brought something other than a PK grill and you used whatever grill grates were on that grill and something other than B&B charcoal, that you would have just as good a chance as winning as anybody else? I think I don't think you have to have a PK, but I think you need to be good at getting your, your grill to a hot temperature. So in a grill that doesn't... Um, retain heat as well you're probably gonna have to use more charcoal um and you're gonna have to maybe fuss with it more uh and i you know honestly i was just my dad and i were saying i think people who come in with eggs would have a very good chance of doing well like you can do it you can bring it and then what's hard about that is that eggs are so darn heavy and they break easily or any any ceramic grill for that matter and um i've broken some and that's always very disappointing. Yeah. Um, so I think the time I got the most Instagram engagements ever was when I posted a picture of a broken egg and people were like, Oh my God. Um, because it's like, it is, that's how you feel. But I think like something like a mini egg could do really well. Mm-hmm. Right. So it doesn't have to be a PK. I think that they've been really involved with the steak with the SCA. And, and I don't know about the other ones from, from the beginning. And I think it's a good fit. But I think that, and I don't think it has to be B B and B. I've seen a lot of people have done well with Kingsford. You know what you get with briquettes is predictability. All right, so this is going to go down January twenty fifth. So next month we are going to get the full recap. We're going to see how you ended up rubbing the steak, or if you caved at the very end and got somebody else's, you know, commercially made because somebody made you freaked out right before the beginning of the <laughs> steak thing, I whatever. We can't I wait to see. We can't wait. And then uh, we'll also talk about the 2019 food trends that you see coming up next month as well. Uh, in the meantime, go to grillgirl.com and check out what Robin and some of her contributors are up to. And once again, you will see her once per month right here on this show following Stephen Reichland. Robin, thanks so much. Oh, my gosh. You guys follow me, Grill Girl Robin. It's a pleasure to know you, and thanks for having me on, Greg. You're I'm welcome. so thankful for our friendship over the years. All right. Well, good luck. Bring back that trophy, girl. All right. Make sure your husband tunes in and listens to my duck All talk. Guests appear via the Traeger it's going to be some good duck talk, isn't it? It's going to be really good duck talk. Now that I'm thinking about it. Really good duck talk. All right. Well, I'm very uh, both... Uh, excited and nervous for Robin and Eddie going down to the shed for the State Cook-Off Association event January 25th and using pretty basic rub. Guys, I mean, let's 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 revisit that a little bit, maybe. In the meantime, let me talk to you about Big Papa Smokers. What else needs to be said about BigPapaSmokers.com? It's a great place to go to get all of your barbecue and grilling items. If you're looking for some new rubs and you haven't tried the BPS lineup, what are you waiting for? Everything is great. If you're looking for the traditional type flavor profiles, you know they got them with Money Rub and Sweet Money Rub. If you want some more beef-flavored stuff, they got Double Secret Steak Rub. They got Cash Cow. 
Something for veggies. I find Desert Gold to be really good on veggies. And some of my all-time favorite rubs in the history of rubs. Little Louie's Season Salt and Sweet Money Rub. But they got out 13 different kinds of rubs that you can check out. Also, they have that great partnership with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous. That's the whole West Coast offense thing. So you can uh, check them out there. They have an exclusive partnership. Also, some great sauces for sale over at BigPapaSmokers.com like Granny's Barbecue Sauce. They also have Swamp Boy Sauce, a number of other great sauces for you to choose from. And then come the cookers. I forget exactly what the percentage was, but I think when I was talking to somebody over at Big Papa's, they said that maybe over half, maybe even 70% of folks take advantage of the cooker layaway payment plan. Pick the cooker you want, make payments over time and then once you're all paid up cooker ships out to you who else is doing that everybody else wants it all up front it's all or nothing big papa's got the layaway program man remember kmart and the blue blue uh blue light special lay lay that grill away pay a little by little and then once you've done it boom big papa smokers helping you out B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. That's bigpapasmokers.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. Thanks again to Robin Lindars, Real Girl, realgirl.com. Her and her dad, Eddie, will be taking part in an SCA cook-off event happening at the Shed January 25th. So if you are going to be around town and you want to check out, or maybe you want to throw down. Maybe you want to say, hey, I cooked against Grill Girl and her dad, and I finished ahead of them. Or damn, those folks from Southern Florida know how to grill a steak. They wiped the floor with me. Uh Couldn't get next to them. Could be one or the other. We'll get a full recap uh, February, the third week in February. I should have a calendar so I can actually announce that date. Do a little pre-promotion. Is that even a saying, pre-promotion? Do a little promoting in advance. Also, thanks to Stephen Reichlin, BarbecueBible.com. If you want to check out what he has going on, visit that website. Grab all his 2019 predictions. Get his 2018 year in review. And you know I was just wait, lying in wait, ready to take my shot at, man, you had a great 2018. No mention of the show. Wow. Great time you're having. We've only been doing it for 10 years. You know I was waiting for that one. All right, let's step away real quick. Refill your libations as we point to the second hour. Duck talk and barbecue business 
as it relates to barbecue sauces. How many people have told me I should market the sauce that I give you for free when you go sign up for the newsletter? Think about that. Stick around. We'll be right back. 